One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail23. Shopify.com slash retail23. Hi, and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. We are your hosts. I'm Kim France. And I'm Jen Romolini. And Jen, what were we just talking about that we said we would talk about once we started recording? Well, I didn't know if we were really going to do that, but we were talking about the energy healer I went to see. Yes, the energy healer. Of course, I want to hear everything about that. I mean, look, I have, I think, a healthy level of skepticism, despite the fact that I live in Los Angeles, about the more woo-woo modalities, let's say. But I go to see my chiropractor pretty frequently because I have this fucked up shoulder. And the last time I was there, she's a Swiss chiropractor, and she was like on my shoulder, and she was like, I don't know. I think think this is energy. I think this is blocked energy. I don't know if I can help anymore. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So she was like, I have this woman. I think she's amazing. I think you should go to her. And I was like, why the fuck not? What the fuck am I doing? So I go, I show up to this lady's like West side. I drive in the rain all the way across town. I go to this lady's West side bungalow. It is really beautiful, really tasteful. There's like a stone path out the back where there's like this beautiful lofted room with like soft sofas and like, you know, shearling rugs and whatever. And the woman is like a tiny little British lady. She looks like nothing you would expect in any, anything that we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So for an hour, she just kind of moved my, I don't even know what the fuck she did, but it felt like an exorcism. All I'm going to say is I felt like there was an exorcism done to me for about an hour and a half. And I don't even know. I walked out of it. Like I cried hysterically while it was happening. Really? And I walked out of it feeling like I, and I'm not going to get into all the things she, she talked to me about, but I walked out of it with like a clarity that you have after like five days of meditation. I was like, oh, Okay these are the things that are really bothering me in my life. These are my relationships that I really are, that I'm really feeling bad about. 
these are some, like I had real clarity of mind about where I am. But anyway, at the end of it, she looked at me and she said, your life's about to begin. Oh, she says that to everyone. (laughs) She's got to say that to everyone. She said, and I hadn't told her this. She said, you're about to have a big birthday and your life's about to begin. Okay. I mean, fantastic. I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, I don't know. I did it. I had felt like I had an exorcism to my body. She told me that she talked about like courting and chakras and I don't fucking know if I believe any of it, but she said that, you know, and this got very like, this got very Scientology, but she was like, there are people who like cord to us energetically, like that are just like sort of attached to us, like parasitically. That was basically Scientology. It was like basically totally a Scientology, but I did it. And afterwards I felt kind of good. And I drove away in the rain, listening to Beth Orton and was like, all right, well, maybe my life is going to begin at 50. Like maybe that's what the message is supposed to be. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. I didn't mean to be discouraging when I, when you told me she said that. Well, here's the thing. Even if she said, I mean, just like all thing, all of this stuff is usually bullshit. Like, you know, psychics are bullshit. They can read your expressions. They know how to, you know, tarot cards, probably bullshit. Like all of it's probably bullshit, but it still came to you in a moment when maybe you needed to hear it. I, I think that's totally true. I think you know that's I mean? totally true. And whatever combination of things she said and did, yes, like triggered you in the right way. Well, she also said to me, she was like, um, you have big dreams. And I was like, whoa, you're right. I mean, I guess everybody has big dreams. Like who the fuck knows? That's the thing. That's the thing about Mm -hmm. any of this stuff. You just don't know. But she was like, you have big dreams. You need to shake off these things. She gave me some specifics and your life's about, you're going to have a big birthday and your life's about to begin. I can't, I think that's good. I mean, I think that's good. That's a good message to take into your, you know, months before your big birthday. But I, I still have the hardest time with any kind of psychic or medium or whatever, because I'm afraid they're going to see something and not tell me. Oh, see, I just want it seen. I want to know. I mean, look, I have no idea. There were two hoops around my body. One was around my neck and one was around my torso. They were gold hoops. I had to hold on to them. Like it was fucking (laughs) weird. (laughs) There was a tuning fork. There were some mantras. There was, you know, smoke and light and colors and whatever. It worked though. It did it did what you needed it to do in the moment. Well, I mean, like we talked about, I think, last week, like decisions are impossible to make in your life. And like, you know, it's hard to know when to bet on yourself. It's hard to know when to choose yourself. All of these things are hard. And I understand your fear of not wanting to know. But if someone was like, you're going to die in six months, I would be like, great. I am whooping this shit up now. (laughs) Well, no, if someone told me I was going to die in six months, I would think if, and I was capable of it, I would just travel. Yeah. I was wondering what you would do. Yeah. I think I would travel, but I would also want to be around my people because then then there's this other thing that I recently found out about, which is apparent. And and this is probably bullshit, but I seem to have heard or read somewhere or have been told most likely that in the event of like nuclear war or something, they'll give us 10 minutes notice. So we'll have 10 minutes notice to like wrap it up, which seems really, um, it's really stuck on stuck in my head. And I, again, have no idea if it's true. Well, it's like what happened to those Hawaii people, right? Isn't that what happened in Hawaii that there was like a bit, there was like a, um, 
there was an emergency. It was like a fate. It was, it was, I I forget exactly what this was. So I don't even, I shouldn't even be talking about it, but something happened where there was, there was like a fake news report or an accidental news report or an alarm. Something got set off that alerted people that alerted Hawaiians that there was a missile coming toward the Island. I remember this. Right. And I think it was this American life. It was something that did a, what did people do during that time? Or at least what this one guy did. And what this one guy did was he sent a text to a woman who had just left and said, it was like, you know, the one who had gotten away and Mm -hmm. said, Hey, I think I'm going to die. Um, I just want you to know how much I loved you and how much, um, our relationship meant to me. And then of course he didn't die and they got back together for like six months and then it didn't work out for all the reasons (laughs) it didn't work out to begin with. (laughs) That's funny. What would you do if you had 10 minutes left? I would accept that like it was going to be impossible to make a phone call to get in touch with any of my family members. Yeah. You know, because we have to assume if the world is ending, it's going to be like after 9-11 in New York and nobody's going to be able to use their cell phones. Yeah. Although maybe cell phones are so much better now that you could. I would try to call the people I could call. I would hope that Paul was with me and I would just go upstairs and lay in bed with him and wait for it to happen. This is the grimmest conversation we've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What would you do? And then let's move on because Um, it's dark. I, um... So yeah, I think that I would just get into a meditative state and I would just be like, oh my God, send out as much like love and forgiveness and just nice energy as I possibly could. And just like, like let my life wash over me. I think that's what I would, I think that's how I would handle it because what the fuck else? If you're like frantically trying to reach people on the phone, you're just going to, the clock. it's just like, that's not how you want to go out. No, you don't want to be, that's what I I was thinking about. You just have to find a way to make it the least frantic experience. Just like this is happening. We know this is happening. Yes. Nothing to do about it. A lot of radical acceptance in that moment. Yes. Yes. That's, that's it. Um, all right. We got to change the subject. We got to change it to something light. We got to change it to something lighthearted. I have been watching White Lotus. Yes. And I think we've discussed it a little bit. The first season of White Lotus, I did not like. Yes. really irritated me. I thought it was really obvious. I didn't think it was nearly as smart as everyone thought it was. Yes. But this season, I think, is much better. I really like this season a lot. And I don't know what that is. And I haven't, don't spoil anything because I think I'm only into episode, I think I've only done episode three or four. Maybe I'm at four. So I don't know who the murder, I don't know who's been murdered. I don't know anything about the murders. I love... Aubrey Plaza in this. I think she's, she's really I know, great. You told me you, re- you relate to her in this. Well, yes. The person that, that <laughs> the prickly, the, the prickly fucking bitch, the prickly bitch. Nobody <laughs> likes. <laughs> I was watching it with a mind to you feeling like you were like that you were relating to Aubrey Plaza and I could see it, but I think you're also <laughs> like hard on yourself. Okay, but I see, I don't think it's that bad. She's not an awful person. She's just, I mean, who's not kind of a bitch sometimes? Well, it's not even that she's a bitch. She's just like, everybody's a phony. Like, that's yeah. her whole thing. How would you behave in this? I feel like I would behave exactly how she's behaving among these rich, like these rich assholes who are clearly putting on a front about their marriage. And she, she keys into it. She's like, that's something's not right here. Like, yeah. This is weird. These people are, this is weird. And her partner's like, 
Yeah, they're great. And then like the guy, did you watch the episode where the guy like changes in front of her so he can see, so she has to see. Yeah. And I was like, she knows and, and she's confronting it. But I mean, I don't know, maybe she is just a bitch. I am just like, that's the most realistic character this show has put out. No, I don't think she is just a bitch. I think she's just like, she's cranky. She's surly. She's surly. She's definitely surly, but she's also not wrong. You're right. Right. She's not wrong what she's saying about all these people. Yes. I like how she's always like, I'm going to be better today. Today, I'm going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) Today, no problem. I mean, look, I think she's both of us, to be honest. I think. Yeah, I don't disagree. (laughs) I don't disagree. I also like the sex workers quite a bit. I think that yeah, the, one, the, yeah. the one with the dark, shorter hair is stunning. Like one of the most beautiful faces I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. That's fun to look at. Jennifer Coolidge, as always, you know, great. Amazing. I did make a friend who's watched all of it or more of it than me. Tell me what happens between Jennifer Coolidge and her husband. Because I oh. couldn't not know. I, I I don't care if I know sometimes spoilers. Mm-hmm. It, I just, it doesn't screw me up unless it's like so suspenseful that you really ruins the whole experience. Yes. You know, yeah. and I was yes. like, okay, I've res- I did the same thing with, um, with, um, um, bad sisters. Oh, okay. Like, I guess I had an idea how it ended. And then I read the synopsis of the last episode. Oh my God. How could you do that? <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind. It's like our friend Renee, who's a novelist, Renee Steinke said once, like, it's okay if you know spoilers because narrative is only one part of the story. That's true. And I don't mind. There's some spoilers I do like to know, but like, then again, and and also it can help me. It can help me knowing the spoilers can help me enjoy the show because I'm not stressed out about whatever the, the attention is. Yeah. But like mayor of East town, I do remember being really, really surprised when that one character was shot and killed. And and yeah. I enjoyed that experience of being like totally surprised. You know, that was such a pleasurable experience. True. And I when I was watching Game of Thrones with Paul, there's a death early on. There's an execution. And you are led to believe this is going to be one of the main characters of the show. Yes. Yes. And exactly. then he's out. Yes, exactly. So I agree with you. I agree with you. I just, I don't, I don't like when people are like, no spoilers, no spoilers. It's like, it's just not the worst thing that ever happened. No, that's, (laughs) it's just not the way people react about it. That's totally true. That's totally true. Um, What else is going on with you this week? Well, it's a quiet week here in Brooklyn. Um, I'm not doing a tremendous amount (laughs) really at all. What is going on? It's, you know, it's, 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 it's looking more like Christmas outside. I've already complained about that. Yes. Yes. You hate Christmas. <laughs> but soon, but soon Romolini, we're going to see each other. It's true. It's, it's true. You're, we're going to see each other here. You'll be, we're going to see each other here. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm excited about that. I'm also excited that today I am getting fitted for my um, adult retainer. <laughs> Very exciting. And my, do, you sleep, yes. do you sleep in it? What's the deal with it? So I've been having all of these weird things. You know how I always think I'm having a stroke and I'm always like, what is the smell that, what is the smell you smell when you have a stroke? And it's toast. But sometimes I'm like, wait, could it be this other smell? Could it be chicken? <laughs> could it be, you know, whatever. <laughs> 
going to be Laffy Taffy. <laughs> exactly. 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 So I've been having like all this weird facial numbness and like got on the, got on the phone with the, a telehealth appointment with my doctor. And I was like, what is happening? Am I having a stroke? And she was like, no. And I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast. I've certainly talked to you and everybody I know about it. <laughs> and it turned out that I've been under a lot of stress and I have been grinding my teeth. I have a mouth guard, but that doesn't like reset your jaw or like actually like help your jaw. And so I've been like, I've been grinding my teeth so much that I've caused damage to my jaw joint, my neck, my shoulder, my oh skull, my like all of these things you don't realize because it's like, there's so, your jaw is so strong. It can like, it's like putting the weight of like a ton on your, on your, whatever, on the, all these systems. So I went in and they were like, you need an appliance. And I was like, okay, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so I have to get, um, an, a, a special appliance that I not only wear at night, I wear all the time, like an adult retainer. And except when I eat, that's the only time I'm allowed to take it out. And I have to get physical therapy. I have to figure out how to reset my jaw or I'm going to have these weird numbness, headaches, neck aches, shoulder aches, um, even down into my arm. Like it's just gotten that bad. So something new every day. You know, I bit down on something yesterday and I felt something crunchy. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. I have a chip tooth. I have a <gasps> chip tooth. Um, it doesn't show, you know, and I hate going to the dentist so much that I haven't gone. But then yesterday I bit down on something and I felt a crunch and I was like, oh, I wonder if that's a little granule of salt from the cheese. How interesting. <laughs> but no, no, it was part of my tooth. And so now I really got to go. I got to oh. go. I got to go deal with my chip tooth. It's, 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 it's ridiculous how much I dislike the dentist. I mean, I have to go to the dentist all the time because I have like a million dental problems, partially because of the grinding, like just grinding them down to nubs, partially because of getting drunk at a wedding and knocking my front teeth out years ago. That's right. like, just the, the millions of problems I have with my teeth. But it's also just ridiculous that these teeth are just supposed to last through your whole life. It's just not, it's like such a design flaw. It's like, it really is. Well, I mean, they didn't expect us to live as long. So yes, they, they did. <laughs> yeah, I am. I, I grind my I grind my teeth too. I grind my jaw, but uh, or whatever. But I I I don't know if I do it to the extent that you do. Well, the mouth guard. If you have a mouth guard, if anybody has this public service announcement, if you have a mouth guard, it only protects your teeth. It doesn't protect your jaw joint, and so you actually need another kind of device to protect your jaw joint and to keep you and to make potentially like reset your jaw and stop this from happening for good between this device and appliance or whatever the fuck it is that was very fucking expensive and physical therapy. It's supposed to, it's supposed to, um, I'm supposed to maybe stop grinding my teeth for the first time in, I don't know, 45 years. I think I started mm -hmm. grinding my teeth when I was five. Um, Anyway, we have a really interesting guest today. Yeah, we do. Lupita Aquino is our guest and she is, I found her on um, Instagram. She's a big book influencer in the bookstagram world. She just always recommends really good books and a lot of really interesting people follow her. And 
I, when we were talking about doing a books roundup, I didn't want to do, I mean, any of us can read the New York times, like, you know, these are the best books of the year book. I wanted to do, I wanted to have a list that was a little more diverse and also a little out of the box because I just feel like we're seeing the same books all the time. And I wanted, mm-hmm. not that those books are not great and good, good for them, but I wanted to do something a little different. And we did. And I think she was a fantastic guest. Yeah, she is. And also inspiring that she just has this as a hobby because she like turned her passion into just like a hobby where she talks about books all the time. You can tell that she loves it so much. Like, God, if we can all be so lucky to do something like that. I know. I agree. Well, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Our guest today is book influencer, or as she has described herself, literature hungry enthusiast, Lupita Aquino. Lupita launched her Instagram account, Lupita Reads, more than seven years ago as a space to help people discover new books. And since then, she's developed a devoted, influential following of tens of thousands of authors, publishing executives, and readers. She's recently branched out to TikTok, where she posts almost daily videos about books she loves. And she writes a newsletter highlighting books by Hispanic and Latinx authors. Her writing and recommendations have appeared in the Washington Post and the Today Show Online and Oprah Daily, among others. Welcome, Pita. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me and for that wonderful introduction. I feel like people ask me for bios all the time and I don't write anything as great as that. (laughs) Well, I will give it to you because I love writing bios because I love hyping people up as much as possible. Yeah. And it's always easier to have someone else say nice things about you than to try to dredge them up yourself. That's absolutely true. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. So I've been following you on Instagram and your account is so genuine and enthusiastic about books in the best, most passionate way. Like I love reading it. I love discovering the things you recommend. Can you walk us through how this Instagram account came to be? Yeah, sure. So um, honestly, I say this all the time. I, I really just started because I was really naive and thought no one else was doing it. And then I also thought like, well, if, you know, no one else is doing it and if my friends and family like are tired and of hearing me talk about books and, you know, they like reading, but they don't read at the time they weren't reading as much as I was. I was at the time unemployed looking for in between jobs. So I just had a lot of time in my hands and I was like, let me just branch out to the internet, to the wide web and see if anyone uh, answers my calls who's also reading the same books I am. And so that's how it started. And it sort of evolved into uh, a lot of different things. Um, Just kind of like you said in my bio, um, now I feel like I really want to emphasize like how difficult it was for me as a kid growing up to not have books that featured people like me. Um, And also as an adult to see, um, you know, to be in the publishing world and see just kind of the small amount of press that, um, you know, books by Latin authors get that yeah. queer authors get, that um, marginalized authors get. So I just, um, yeah, that's that's kind of, it's kind of evolved over time. Lupita, do you feel like that's changing or has changed? You know, I think that there's progress that has been made. I don't think that it's anywhere as close to where we are going to be, you know, where we should be. Yeah. Um, I think mm-hmm. that we always take a step forward and then it's like two steps back, you know, so there's a lot of room for growth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Was it was it scary? Because this is now your full time job. Is that right? Is this your full time? No. Oh it's no. Actually okay. Not. Okay. Not. No. No. Um. I've thought a lot about it because this is a hobby, and and it's a hobby that takes the majority of my nights and weekends to do. Oh wow. You know. Um. I and I'm also a mom, and so I just it's it's a lot of balancing. Um. And my partner, my wife, who's an amazing supporter, who I could not do any of this with. Um. You know. So it's it's a lot of her being like, okay, I know you love to do this. Like I will take him, uh, all day Saturday, you know, do what you need to do. And so it's just like cranking, you know, if I'm doing TikTok, it's cranking TikToks. It's like just filming or it's, uh, if I'm writing for today, it's like, okay, I have Saturday and Sunday to sit down and just do, and just do this out. Or, you know, I have weeknights to do this out. Um, and so it's a lot. And I think I've been getting to the brink of you, you know, trying to figure out if it's something that I can do full time, which I don't know. (laughs) Have you heard from authors who you were like, who you really admired, who found you? I have, I have. Um, It's been, it's been so fun connecting with authors uh, that I admire. Mira, Jacob, we, we spoke, she's been a guest on your podcast before. Mm -hmm. It's been so fun to just read her book um, and just fall in love with her words and her work. And then to be able to like, you know, connect and, you know, Angie Cruz, Patricia Engel, um, just a lot of really amazing authors. Um, Anna Castillo is, for me, was like a foundational author that I grew up reading, who I credit to just giving me language to allow myself to be queer and Latina. Um, I just, until her book, I didn't even know that it could exist. And so um, I recently got to interview her because of Instagram. And so that was like a full circle moment for me that I'll never forget. And she's amazing. So it's been, it's been cool. Well, I mean, I think that's why, I think that's why your that's why your account resonates with so many people because you're really a fan, right? You're not, yeah. there's so many people in the book world right now, recommending books or, you know, reviewing books or whatever, who have a real cynicism, I think. And, and it makes mm. sense that there's a cynicism, but you're not cynical about any of this. You're excited. And, and that's the way we all want to feel about books. I feel like, right. You know, those of us who love them. Yeah, absolutely. I think to a point, though, that I get a little upset at myself when I don't like a book. Really? <laughs> and, Why? Well, because, you know, um, I'm I'm going to be honest, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest, you know, if there's a book that I don't like, you know, um, and it's a very popular book, and say it's a, a Latin book, and you know, people are like, looking to me, to, what did you think of this one, which I, you know, I, I get that a lot the major titles, you know, people will slide into my DMs and ask me, oh, what did you think of this book? And I'll have to be like, oh, well, there's a reason I didn't post about it. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, I, I've done lately is lean into it, right? Because I think that criticism is important and healthy to art, right? I think that the only reason that we move it forward is if we take a critical look at it too. So uh, I don't post about it on Instagram per se. I will, I've moved it to my Substack, you know, for like paid subscribers, where I really do get to dive in and, and say, like, what didn't work about this book for me? Uh, where where were the gaps? Where is the lack of evolution that I wanted in the book that um, maybe, you know, the author was intending to do but didn't translate? So um, I, that's, I try to do a little bit of both. But, yeah, I do beat myself a little bit up when I don't like a book. <laughs> no, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> no, I understand it, though. I mean, yeah. I understand it because you are a fan. 
I am a fan. And I think that's the hard part, right? I think it's like, um, and, and you know, people th- see me as enthusiastic, right? Um, they know that when I love a book, I love a book hard, uh, maybe yeah. too hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but so it, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, dang, ah, I wish I could have liked that one. Yeah. Were you always kind of the kind of reader that you are now? Were you like a, a reading the back of the cereal boxes at breakfast and reading anything you could get your hands on when you were little? Yes. Um, so growing up, my mom um, used to clean houses and there was this uh, person she cleaned the house for that had National Geographic magazines. And so I remember one time she took me and I would sit while she would clean. And um, she, you know, she's like, here's some magazines. And so I, I read through them all. And then so her thing would just be to come home with this box full of like, you know, mm. magazines that her boss didn't didn't want anymore and so that's kind of where it started and um she's been really instrumental to nourishing that throughout my life um even now she still reads with me you know I have a book club that I do for TikTok and um she's been listening to the audiobooks and so she'll do her own little book reviews now um and so it's just been I, I, I credit her and also my father to really doing what they could with what they had to just nourish something that that was always there I think yeah Let's take a quick break for some ads. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin, and I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hyacera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule essenced with soothing vanilla. I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry leading sustainability. It, it meets, sorry, all of the industry leading sustainability standards. You know, I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks 
more juicy, I guess is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. Uh, okay. So you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25% off. And we're back. Do you think that your approach to books as you've gotten older is different? I mean, I think this is a similar question. It's just, I'm wondering because, you know, we're all sort of getting older. Do you think you're a different kind of reader now than you used to be? I think I definitely am a different type of reader than I used to be. I think, um, you know, before I did reading on social media, you know, you there, it's kind of like different worlds, right? Like we're talking about Instagram and TikTok and BookTok and book Twitter and all those are kind of spaces that exist online. But outside of those spaces, like the, I'm going to call it the real world, right? The real world, there's issues that aren't necessarily important or discussed, you know, like the diverse, the diversifying books or, um, you know, I think a lot of people still didn't know about American Dirt. I hate to say the word (laughs) that book or bring it up, but a lot of people still didn't know about the issues behind that book. And so I think that, um, when I joined social media, that really changed. Um, and so it's almost like I, I found a mission for myself when I, when I joined, you know, Instagram and, and I became a different reader in that sense, because I became more of a conscious reader, um, a conscious consumer of what I'm reading and why I'm reading it and, uh, why it matters to the world. Because you've accumulated some power too. So you, you know, it's back to what you were saying about like, not, not liking when you don't like a book that you know you can influence purchases now. I'm I'm a little weary of that sometimes because, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can. I know maybe one or two person, like a, one person maybe a, that follows me. Maybe I'm naive in that sense, but. Well, Jen and I don't think anyone listens to this podcast. So I think that. <laughs> <laughs> so we understand. So, so wait, you know what I'm talking Yes, yes. (laughs) totally. But your, your, your book talks are getting like sometimes 200,000 views. Like those people are going out and they're following you to, to buy these books. But wait, how much do you, so you're, you're a mom and you also have another job and this is a full-time job because I know how hard it is to make social media. How much do you read a week? How do you have time? So, um, these days, honestly, I haven't been reading a lot. Okay. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I was like, okay, I think it's time to step back from Instagram, which I did. I'm taking, yeah. I'm on a break. Um, and so, you know, it's just taking time to reevaluate things and, you know, yeah. see where I'm going. Because you're right. Honestly, TikTok was an accident. I feel like I like to say that because, you know, um, I, I saw the videos that went viral on there. I saw the books that were going viral and I was like, well, they make this look really easy. <laughs> and I was like, this doesn't seem like it's really easy. So I made a couple of videos. I crashed the whole lot. And then it was just like one day a video went viral and I'm like, what in the world? Yeah. And then suddenly my following grew and now I'm like, I don't know how this happened, but you know, it's just, uh, it's just one of those things where it takes a lot of figuring out where your priorities are. And right now I think that's what I'm trying to do in terms of mothering and reading and also like writing now, which is becoming more of a thing for me, writing about books. How do you choose what you read? 
Because you must have a whole huge pile of books you want to get to and haven't. I do. I'm a mood reader for sure. Um, and I wait, also, wait, wait, wait. You're a yeah, mood reader. That was a great expression. That's a you great know expression. What, it means. what is it? What is a mood reader? Oh, okay. So, like, a mood reader is like you read based on what you're in the mood to mood for. You know, so say you're you're you have like sad girl feelings, right? And you're like, I want to read something sad, <laughs> or you want to read something that you know you can escape from, right? So, hey, I'm going to go read a romance. So, or maybe I'm in the mood to read about like you know, learn something through nonfiction. So that's usually kind of how I navigate what I read. Um, But before that, I, of course, have a list of ongoing list of books that, um, you know, I read the synopsis and I um, look at the covers and I'm just like, okay, that that one's speaking to me and that one's in my mind. So that's kind of how I do it. Can I ask you a question? Because it seems like reader, there are two different kinds of readers those who will abandon a book they don't like and those who cannot not finish any book once they started it. Yeah, that's true. Which one are you? I'm definitely the, I won't abandon a book until I finish it, even if I don't like it. And if I really don't like it, I'm going to write about it. (laughs) (laughs) You got to get your time back somehow, right? Exactly. Exactly. I'm definitely, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm petty like that. (laughs) So, but I love this because, I mean, this is the way I used to read when I was younger before the internet. When I would go into a bookstore, I would look at books and what resonated, what what felt good to me, I would pick up. What was, what seemed interesting from the cover and the back, you know, the jacket copy. But now I feel like I'm mostly reading things because everybody else is reading them or I feel like Mm. I should be reading them. How do you balance out like the books you feel like you should read which the, with the books you want to read? You know, I feel like that's a little easy for me because usually the books that I feel like I want to read are books that everyone's talking about, which kind of okay. sucks, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's, you know, the books the, that are never really put in the, you know, those lists that you see every yes. year, most anticipated. It's like... Yep. Oh, that book never made it to the list. It was just like I was interested in reading it, so I'm I'm gonna read it. So that's kind of how I I do that. Yeah. Um, this year, I was lucky enough to um, work with someone who's really good at navigating, like you know, um, Twitter and um, Edelweiss, and you know, basically to look for books that are coming in the new year. Mm-hmm. And you know, I told her I was like, "Hey, I need help. I want to make sure I know." what queer books and what Latinx queer books also right. are coming out because that's what I'm interested in reading right now. Yeah. I want to know what we're writing and you know what that canon looks like in the future. And she gave me the best list, like a lot of books, just romance, fantasy, sci-fi. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, and so it's unfortunate because I think a lot of those books you won't see on those lists. Um, Except my list, I should I should self promote because yes, <laughs> I, I just I just I just um I got to work on a list for today um so we I think the list is a pretty stellar list um of books that everyone should read in twenty twenty three yeah and it, it includes of course Prince Harry um it's memoir that's coming up yeah so. what there's, are you there's lo- something for everybody <laughs> spare thank you for including a royal a royal biography because or autobiography because I am so I I that is my guilty pleasure. 
I'm going to have to credit my editor for that, though. I'll, uh, she's amazing. <laughs> she, she was like, we have to have Prince Harry on there. I was like, okay, you got it. <laughs> Wait, so what are some of these books? I mean, we'll we'll put the whole list in our in um, the show notes, but what are some of the books you're looking forward to in 2023 before we oh get into goodness. this year? Oh, so um, Alejandro Valera wrote The Town of, Town of Babylon um, mm-hmm. last year, right? And the guy's on fire. So this year, not last year, this year, Next year, he's writing a collection, or he published publishing a collection of short stories called "The People Who Report More Stress." Okay. Um, and I'm just so excited about his work because he does this thing where he explores like queer like life with through racism and parenthood and community and relationships. It's just like he's just so great. I, I'm so excited for for his work. Um, and then we have like you know. Uh, when Trying to Return Home, it's a collection of short stories by Jennifer Maritza McCauley. Um, and it's, you know, spanning between Puerto Rico, Pittsburgh, uh, Louisiana, and Miami. And it's like through the lens of like the Black American and Afro-Latino experience. Oh, my goodness. Um, there's there's so many. I mean, Malka Alder, who is, you know, in sci-fi, she actually has a novella coming out. That's like part sapphic romance, part murder mystery. Wow. Um, on Jupiter. I mean, so it, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's like it's so cool, you know, it's wild to see us writing um, in so many different spaces. Um, I just get so excited. <laughs> I was I was I was impressed. I was pleased that you mentioned lots of genre writing. Mm. you know, fantasy, science fiction, because I think people can be very snobby about certain genre writing and then you're dismissing whole swaths of readers right yeah um and I try I try not to do that even though you know um I do have a favorite I I do love literary fiction I would call that my home I have a a super sweet spot for memoirs like I love memoirs um but I think it is important to read sci-fi and romance and you know, um, it's part of being a mood reader. (laughs) Right. And I guess that keeps you reading too, because if you're reading as a mood reader and not just forcing yourself to read something you're Mm -hmm. not in the mood for, then you, then the reading, it doesn't feel as daunting, I would imagine. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So wait, you just mentioned memoirs. What were some of your favorite memoirs of this past year, 2022 or of all time? I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) um so anytime i have to say good talk by mary jacob i think that people would be upset my people would be upset if i didn't mention Mm -hmm. her in the memoir genre at all um i read this year um kind of like i think it was like two weeks ago i finished it and i was really i was like i'm glad i didn't you know release uh my favorite books of 2022 list yet because i really love this memoir it's called you got to be you. How to embrace this messy life and step into who you really are by Brandon Kyle Goodman, um, and it's just—it's funny, um, it's vulnerable, and I think um, there's so much that I w- that I felt connected to from um, Brandon's lived experiences, um, and then it's also got that kick of like you know just kind of sweet talking you into embracing who you are and celebrating yourself. And so I was like, Oh my God, I needed this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Oh my goodness. What else this year? Oh, of course, the man who could move clouds by Ingrid Rojas Contreras. Mm -hmm. That book, have you guys read it or Mm -hmm. heard about it? Oh my goodness. So she wrote about her family's history with curanderismo, 
which a curandero is someone who is like a medicinal, wise, spiritual person um, in Latin America. I don't think it's just Latin America. I'm sure it's in other places and they have other names for it. But um, her grandfather was a curandero in Colombia. And so um, then she learns about her mother's uh, abilities as a curandera too. Um, but what connects her and her mother is that they had the same accident in which um, they both uh, suffered amnesia and this period of not remembering who they were. Wow. And so, um, how weird. I know. It's, it was so, it's so, uh, it's so brilliant. It was, um, it was longlisted and shortlisted for the National Book Award. So um, it was, it was really good. Uh, I really loved it. What else um, in the memoir genre? Well, let me ask you this question while you think. What's a book that really surprised you this year? Um, How Not to Drown in a Glass of Water by Angie Cruz. I say that because I normally do. I've read um, Angie's other work. I love Angie Cruz. She's wonderful. Um, I just was not expecting to cry so much. I have Hmm. to admit to that. I like sobbed and I was like, oh my God, I think I need to call my therapist. I don't know what's wrong. (laughs) It was so good. It was just such a beautiful short book. Um, And I went on and I made a TikTok about it. Um, You know, I was like, if anyone's struggling to understand their immigrant mother, I think this book is for you. It'll make you cry. Um, To date, it's the one video that's the, I've gotten the most viral. It's got like 1.2 million views, which I was not expecting. Just and it just overwhelms me to think that so many so many of us do have that commonality that you know we're just trying to figure out how to connect with our mothers and heal wounds and so it's gonna make me cry all over again. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty cool. What about novels this year? What novels have you really liked? Yeah, so um, I'm gonna again the Town of Babylon by Alejandro Valera. Um, I really really loved. All This Could Be Different by Sarah Thankham Matthews. Um, I don't know if either of you read it. It's Mm-mm. a stunning queer coming of age um, novel that 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 sets uh, an immigrant Indian American woman and living in Milwaukee. Um, and it's just about community and finding yourself and embracing who you are. Um, that was really, really good. The Other Mother by Rachel M. Harper. Um, that was a wonderful book about like family, what makes family, um, you know, obviously it's not always genetic and, uh, it's b- set between, uh, two women who fall in love, but then later and have a child together sort of, and later, um, separate, um, and split. And one of them leaves uh, with the child and the child grows up and tries to go back and find, the father, his father, um, and he realizes it's not his father is looking for, it's actually his other mother. Um, and so it's such a gorgeous book. It's so, it's yeah. so pretty. I'm going to have to say Thrust by Lydia Yukovich. That, oh. was, that was really cool. That was really cool. Her exploration of just like, I just, I can't, I don't even have words for it. I, I got to interview her um, in person at Solid State Books and it was, it was such a phenomenal talk. I'm jealous. She's so phenomenal. Yeah, I love her. Yeah, so um, I could keep going, but that, that's yeah. just to name a few. <laughs> I mean, if you want to keep going, we're listening. So, like, I know I'm like, <laughs> haven't read that, haven't read that, haven't read that. Me haven't too. Read that. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, but you know, I think that's what's so great about talking about books is that you know, obviously, we read from different angles of life, and I think that that's really cool 
Now, I've seen you say that, you know, it's it's important to diversify what we're reading because it helps us grow as people. And I think that we do tend to reach for things that look like us or that feel like they're, you know, resonant with our experiences. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm loving all of these books because they're they're first off, a lot of them are books I haven't heard before, but also of course we want to be reading from diverse perspectives and di- a bunch of different kinds of experiences. Of course that makes us grow. Um, what's a book that recently really kind of expanded your mind? Um, whew, so definitely um, South to America by Imani Perry. Um, that was one that just, you know, I normally I'm it's not that I don't like history or books that are the center history. It's just that, you know, I've always found history to just be, it was almost difficult to approach reading about, mm-hmm. but the way Imani Perry writes, um, and, and the book is called South to America, a journey below the Mason Dixon to understand the soul of a nation. Her storytelling uh, about history. is just, it, it's, it's really, really wonderful. And I think it's one that really pushed me to understand about you know, um, my place in the general world too, um, as a Latina, um, living in, you know, the U S and, you know, I just thought it was, it was gorgeous. It's one of my favorite books this year too. That's, that sounds good. Yeah. I've heard of that and I haven't, I haven't read it. I haven't read that one either. I've read like five books this year, to be honest, is the the truth. She does it on audio. She has it. She narrates on audio and it's really good too. So just, I don't know if you're into audio books. I do that too. I I really have recently gotten into audio books. At first I felt like such a failure because I was like, it's not really reading, but it's totally, it's, it's a different experience, but it's still totally reading. Okay. So we're in the holiday season. What books do you think are good to give as gifts? Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I, a friend of mine who um, is a bookstagrammer, she's got a wonderful story. So um, her and Jane Mount, I'm going to tell their story. Her, the, the name of their book together that they published is called Bibliophiles, uh, Diverse Finds. And it's a cute little book that includes book recommendations from diverse, like, of diverse authors and it's it's it includes like um you know bookshops uh black owned bookshops latino owned bookshops like stuff like that mm-hmm. and i always think they have calendars they have journals they have mugs um i just think that uh that anything like that would be good to give i think to somebody because it's like you don't know what to read here's this book that has like a million book recommendations from like different people that you can read. No, that's fantastic. It's really smart too, because it can be, it can feel imposing to give somebody a book. Yes. 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 Someone gave me a book, a family, a family friend gave me a book and kept, and it was somebody who don't live in the same city with hadn't seen in years, but he kept emailing me to see if I'd read the book. No, no, don't do that. That felt like against the spirit of everything good. Yeah. (laughs) But can I ask, because you have so many books on, you you just mentioned so many books that are really outside of the echo chamber, like exactly what you were talking about, like the books that didn't make it onto the list. How do you find them? Um, Twitter, sometimes Instagram, um, through friends like Mira, Mira Jacob was actually the one that introduced me to all this could be different by Sarah Thinkham Matthews. Um, I'll I'll never forget. She sent me a a picture of, she asked me first, have you read this book? And I said, no, I actually didn't know it was coming out. I hadn't heard anything about it. 
Um, and I was like, it's queer. That's really awesome. And she sent me a picture of the front page. And I was like, I read the front page. I was like, I need this book. Yeah. Um, and she was even kind enough to be like, you know, she's like, I don't know the author. You know, I think at the time she didn't, I don't know if they, she knows the author. She's like, I don't know the author, but um, I could see if I could figure out how to get you a copy if you want. And I was like, oh my God, that would be so sweet of you. So really just connecting with other people um, who are, you know, other authors sometimes who talk about other authors work. And then again, I, I have friends who are really great at navigating, you know, um, Twitter and, and are able to like take notes. And then I'm like, hey, I'm interested in reading this. What do you know? And so yeah. they, you know, that's how I do it. I'm going to be on a long flight soon and I want a book that goes down easy, but is will not, will not insult my intelligence. Am I just reading the Prince Harry book? Is that, is that it? I, I would honestly tell you to read How Not to Drown in a Glass of Water. It's funny. I, I know I said it made me cry, but you know, those are personal reasons, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's really funny, you know, and it's, it's funny because when I, I DM'd Angie and I said, your book is beautiful. Thank you for writing it. It made me cry. She's like, what? It's funny. What are you talking about? So so it is really funny. My mom thought it was really funny. She read it too. Um, And so it's so readable. It goes down easy, but it also, I think it, it'll expand something in you. And, you know, I think it'll, 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 yeah, it'll do, it'll do what you want it to do. It's under 200 pages. (laughs) Is there a genre you just, you can't stand, you can't abide it? Um, think so I, I think I read a little bit of everything and I'm okay with everything um I'm thinking about you know even when, when you think about celebrity memoirs you know and, and you're like why right <laughs> just uh, there's TMZ why no I'm kidding <laughs> but um uh, you know everybody read uh, what was the one popular uh, memoir this year I, I wish my mother Oh, I wish my, I'm glad my mother died. I'm glad my mother died by uh, Jeanette McCarthy. Is that her last name? McCurdy, I think. McCurdy. Something like that. Yeah. Um, I think. So I actually read that. I read that because everybody was reading it. And I was, I I was very surprised. Um, I was expecting to go into the book and just be like laughing and being, you know, reading about this girl, just kind of laying into her mother and the reasons that her mother was terrible but no, it was surprisingly really vulnerable, um, really raw. She, you could just like I, I think I posted this on Goodreads. I was like, you could feel like her inner child still just like missing her mother and wanting her mother to just see her as a person. And I was mm. like, oh my god, this is so good. So that woman was really surprising. And and you know, again, I, I it's hard for me to be like I, you know, Buddha celebrity memoirs, but you know, they some of them are really good. Well, some of them are written by really good ghostwriters. Like yeah. um, Ari Levy wrote Demi Moore's, and I think it was supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, no, it was it was good. Those I always listen to on tape because, like, why not hear the celebrity read them? Um, although, <laughs> although I couldn't believe that I, I, I too will read a book to the end if I've started it, and I got to the end of Matthew Perry's memoir, and I was like, oh god, I felt like I needed a shower afterwards. Oh, did you read that or did you listen to it? I didn't, but I saw I saw the discourse on Twitter about it, and then I got interested, and then I I, I think something else distracted me. Thankfully, <laughs> please please stay distracted, stay distracted from that <laughs> from that book, please. Um, wait, I had another question, and now I forgot. Oh, so I feel like there's a whole world happening on. TikTok on book talk. Mm-hmm. And you know that this is a podcast for women over 40. And like most of us, I'm not going to speak for everyone, but most of us, like I have a TikTok account, but like I can't. 
What would you, because it sounds like there's some really cool things happening around books on TikTok, including book clubs. How would, how would, let's say an older person who is like, I don't know, I feel intimidated by TikTok. How would I get into it if I wanted to experience some like really good book content? Oh, um, that's a really good question. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say just keep scrolling because, um, you you can scroll forever. Yeah. And, and the way the TikTok algorithm is set up, uh, there's no proof of this, but I can tell you that it doesn't favor, you know, if you're looking for diverse books, uh, all you're going to get is Colleen Hoover. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's what goes viral on there. And, you know, no, no shade to Colleen Hoover and people who read her, but that's the majority of the things that go viral on there. Taylor um, Reed, is it J- Jenkins? Taylor Jenkins read. Yeah. Taylor Jenkins read her books go viral on there too all the time. So it's like super white. It's like the, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's super, like, like paper white. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So the majority of things that do go viral are things that are either spicy, make people sad or um, destroy you. It's it's like the themes (laughs) I think, (laughs) which I think Colleen Hoover books have a lot of what um, domestic violence in them, I think. Okay. Um, Okay. Mm. So there's like all these weird, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. you could go down a rabbit hole of like why Colleen Hoover books hit for people. And um, that's really funny and interesting. But I think my biggest <laughs> tip would be <laughs> for you to um, just search for things like um, and then it pops up related content or people making content around that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then you're kind of training the algorithm to uh, give you those types of things that you're searching for. Okay. So um, say if you like, uh, memoirs you can type in memoirs to read and there are there is people making content on on that um and then you just follow those people and you like their stuff and hopefully the fingers crossed the tiktok algorithm will feed you more of that because it feels like a really good i mean it feels like a good space if you're using it correctly like you're talking about to find things that you wouldn't find elsewhere i mean every single end of year book list looks the same the same. They're all the same. Yeah. Like, I mean, from besides yours, like, and that was one of the reasons we had you on. It was like, well, the New York Times and New York Mag, like, book, everyone's recommending the same shit. How do we find <laughs> other stuff? You know? And I think it's, I think it's yeah. important to find other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I totally agree. I think that, um, I think maybe sometimes it's just people don't do the research. Yeah. You know, it's like what ends up what who pitches what in your inbox. And it's usually people who, you know, have more of a budgeting money and or there's a lot of money behind the book. So it's like, okay, well, we need to push this. And so and I mean, I don't work in publishing at all. So please don't quote me. But that's kind of what I would assume happens, you know. Um, And then the books that don't have that support just kind of get published into into the world. And it's like, wait, well, I hope, I hope somebody breeds it. (laughs) That always feels so awful and heartbreaking to me that you work so hard on a book and it gets published. And then for whatever arbitrary reasons, it's just not one of the chosen ones within the company. And that's most of that's, but that's most of it. It's like, it's like 99% of books don't sell. I forget. It's like 99% of books don't sell more than 5,000 copies. Which is, it, which crazy. is, which is crazy. Right. And it's like 90 to so 99%, 5,000. I think it's 95 don't sell more than 10,000. Like, so like only 1% of books like is considered a success. So then these like really good authors, cause once they have, once they have one book, that's like, 
they don't really get, they don't often don't get to another chance. So it is a, yeah. that's why people like you are so important to the industry. Um, fans, super fans were really looking for things and vo new voices that people aren't, aren't hearing that people aren't seeing. Yeah. And I, I don't think that people understand how much that contributes to, you know, what gets published in the future and what doesn't. Yeah. Um, which is why I've gotten sometimes in hot water on TikTok where I, you know, there was a couple of viral TikTok tweet, you know, TikToks that came across my, my for you page. And it was like, you know, six books I wish I could read again for the first time. And it was like, every single author was white. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I made a, a video. I was like, do you know something that nobody noticed is that every, or that nobody's talking about is that every single author on this book list is white. And these are the videos that are constantly going viral on this app. That means that these are the books that are constantly being purchased. And if you look at the New York Times bestseller, if you look at, you know, books that are being most requested at libraries, libraries are going to buy more copies because this is what's in demand. Yeah. And, you know, just question why these go viral and look for something different. It's not saying don't read these, it's saying read these and read something else too. Um, because there are people that are writing like Colleen Hoover that aren't Colleen Hoover that, you know, look like me um, or writing similar stories, maybe not exactly like Colleen Hoover, but, you know, writing similar stories. So I, I, I don't know. I, I think that... Um, I think it's important to talk about. Yeah. Wait, before I, I, I want to, I don't know who Colleen Hoover is. I'm sorry. I'm dumb. And oh, I, you I don't? Oh, she's a big, there was just a huge article about her. A lot of people don't know who she is, but I saw Roxanne Gay tweet it out. It's like, oh my God, who's Colleen Hoover? I was like, you don't know who Colleen Wait, Hoover is? Wait, who is she? She's just, I, She's I only know because of TikTok, to be honest. <laughs> Wait, somebody say so the listeners know, because there's have to be some dumb listeners like me who don't know who she is. Who is she? She's like, she writes popular fiction. Okay. About, but often about really distressed situations, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. And she sells like millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of books. Okay. Yeah. So currently I think somebody, I saw TikTok, I don't know if this is true, but they said that of like the, on the New York Times seller list right now, she has like nine of her paperback that's, that's her. That's who it was. That's okay. Her. I saw the New York Times bestseller list this week and I was like, wait, what, what is this? What's happening? That's her. Okay. So she's like a Danielle Steele. Okay. But okay. For like, misery. Books aren't really romance. <laughs> I, I don't think they're romance, but they're, some people do say that they're romance. Um, and she's selling books and, and people are. I mean, Godspeed. <laughs> <laughs> people are reading those books and it's not a lie because i went to the pool over the summer i kid you not i looked around and at least six people at the pool had a copy of all the same book by her and i was like oh my god to see this in real time is crazy but here's the thing if you go to barnes and nobles what you see is like tables that say book talk pop like book talk viral book talk popular you know, and so it's like, again, we're only these books are only popular because we're constantly pushing them. Where can people find all of you? <laughs> where can people find you everywhere? Where can they find your lists and your recommendations and you? Because I, I want them to find you. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I am on Instagram um, at Lupita.reads. Um, I'm on TikTok under the same handle. I'm also on Twitter. It's just an underscore. So it's Lupita underscore reads. And I have a newsletter, a Substack that you mentioned earlier, and you can just Google search that. Um, it's Lupita reads newsletter. Um, and yeah, I'm, 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 I'm in a lot of play different places. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you so much for doing this with, for us and with us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, it was truly a pleasure. I, I really appreciate it. And I love talking books with you too. Oh, thank you, Lupita. That was great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Everything is Fine. We are your hosts. I'm Jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. If you like the show, please rate and review it on all the platforms. Apple Podcasts particularly really helps people find the show. If you want to support the production of the show, we are on Patreon at patreon.com backslash everything is fine. We also have merch. You can get merch at Tee Public, and that is in our show notes. We have hoodies and t-shirts and totes and phone cases and so much more. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at EIF Podcast. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook with a private Facebook group. You can follow Kim on her blog, girlsofacertainage.com. You can find me on tinyletter.com backslash Jennifer Romolini. You can email us at everythingisfine, the podcast at gmail.com. And the show is mixed and edited by the wonderful Natalie Rivera. Thank you, Natalie. And we'll talk next week. 